Hello, everybody, and welcome to the fourth, this is the fourth, I think, podcast that we're doing here at iFloat Radio, and we're really excited to be doing this, and so welcome to the show, and we're just going to get started. So we have here today with us Lisa Pirelli-Gray, and Lisa is an iFloater, she floats here frequently, and she's also the executive director of the Chamber of Commerce here at Westport and Weston as well, and so welcome, Lisa. Thank you. Lisa, let's talk a little bit about what's going on for you right now. We're going to fast forward from where you first came to iFloat to what's happening right now. We were just talking about your current float project. Can you tell us a little bit about your current float project? Well, sure. You know, uh, um, I became introduced to iFloat uh, last year when you and Andrew took over and joined the chamber. And uh, I'm pretty open-minded, so I thought that I would float, and I did a few times, you know, was somewhat consistent on a weekly or every other week basis for a couple of months, and then life took over, and I sort of didn't make it a priority. And um, in speaking with you a few weeks ago, you had shared with me that you had floated 40 days in a row, and really what an impression it made for you um, and, and assisted you in, in guiding you to make some decisions that were sort of put on the shelf. And, and you're really pleased with the outcome, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And just for, for people, I'll just interject. I was doing 40 days of floating, and I was writing about it. And at some point, I might put those up to be, to be looked at because it, it is really interesting to float for 40 days. But what I was telling Lisa about a week or two ago was that after doing 40 days of floating straight, which required me to wake up really early, just like it's been requiring Lisa to do. <laughs> the same. <laughs> but what I told her was that it was slowing me down so much that I started to see some things that I had put up on the shelf, one of which was getting married. So when I started to complete this 40 days of floating, I started to realize, oh, you know what? I've been putting this idea of marriage off on the back burner, and it was around that time that I had this insight that it was time for my partner, Andrew, and I to, to get married. So we got engaged about a week after I finished my 40 days of floating, and I was telling Lisa about that and how, how helpful it was because when we slow down, we, we start to, to see things differently. And then I asked Lisa to be on the podcast, and she's doing <laughs> uh, lots of floating for, for Unlimited for at least a month or so or more. And uh, tell us a little bit about, about what that's been like for you so far. Well, you know, as you just explained, um, I was inspired by your 40-day commitment. So I thought, you know, I gave it a few days, you know, thought, and I thought, you know, I, I need to do this. I need to slow down. I realize, um, you know, living here in town and being involved in the business community, uh, you know, one of, I think, the challenges for our society, and specifically for me, I feel like we're driving um, to our destination without really recognizing what's on either side of us. And literally and 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 um, figuratively, um, so I thought, you know, I can do this, and it's a huge commitment, as you know, because I'm getting here, you know, early in the morning, and you're gracious to get here with me um, to open it up, and uh, uh, you know, the beginning, the first few days that I was floating, it, I was racing, you know, I think uh, one of the things that shocked me because I hadn't floated for a while was that I really couldn't be still. 
um, mentally or physically, I was like, I, I was, it was like I was on a racetrack. I couldn't, I, I mean, it's going from one thing to another, just like a um, ping pong ball or, 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 you know, one of those um, games, one of those, uh, the, you know, the games that probably are obsolete now. But anyway, a ping pong ball, I was going from one thought to the next and I couldn't really calm down. And, and then the second day that um, I uh, floated, uh, there were pockets of peace. You know, I don't know because there's no time, there's no clock, you don't know for how long, um, but a couple of pockets. And then the third day that I floated, I began to exhale. And, and I described that as an opportunity where I was completing thoughts and, and then not having any thoughts. And, um, and, and that was for a couple of days. And then um, a day or two ago, I had a float where it was challenging. Um, you know, I came out and I was disturbed. I felt like, uh, gosh, I was, I was upset. I was, um, I was, I was becoming aware of things, uh, issues that I know I compartmentalized. You know, uh, people always say, I don't know how you get through your day. You've got so much going on. And, and I always say, well, I just compartmentalize and it's so easy. I just put it on a shelf and I don't deal with it until I have to. I'm going to interject just for a second just to contextualize what people might be talking about because Lisa, as the executive director of the chamber, is doing a lot of different things. When we came into Westport just over a year ago, the pulse on the town was that the chamber wasn't really getting a whole lot done, but it was around that time that you came on board mm -hmm. and we met you. And since that time, you've really been putting a lot of energy into the chamber, making a lot of events happen and so forth. But in addition to that, We've gotten to know you and your family really well. So you have two daughters that are in high school. You have a husband. You have a, a wild dog. And <laughs> not wild, but but he's he's a handful, it sounds she like. Is, yeah, or she, she is, is, sorry. She, yeah, it's okay. And Gracie, right? And Gracie. <laughs> and, and cats. And, and Lisa's a fantastic cook and does, does a lot for the community just in terms of being a mother here in town. And then she's also running the chamber and up until recently was doing it with with no staff. Mm. Uh, she had a has had part-time staff at certain points during the time, but really it was only until recently that you had a full-time staff person, an administrative person who could who could help you, and she's doing a fantastic job, Jenna. She is. Jenna's doing a great job. But anyways, the, the point of that is that Lisa has a lot going on, as do, do a lot of people, and you saw that there were some places where you were compartmentalizing in order to just, like, move forward every day, right? Well, I think I was always cognizant of the fact that I was compartmentalizing um, things, but I don't think I realized the impact that it had on me. And um, that morning that I floated that I felt disturbed um, or bothered, it made me aware that, you know, I, I need to start addressing, and, and, and are these like, you know, crazy issues? No, but I, I need to start addressing the, the situations that are unnerving or take away from the joy, you know, of, of the daily living experience. And, uh, um, and then the last couple of days after that, it's, I've been a little bit more mellow you know, in the float tank and a little bit more cerebral. Um, and uh, it's been a nice journey. I've been doing it for a week and I'm looking forward to, you know, continuing right through the end of this month and then, you know, really making floating um, a part of my wellness, uh, you know, on, on a weekly basis, you know, whether I do once or twice a week, because uh, I really do think I'm finding the benefits. I'm finding that um, things that might push me over the edge um, aren't. Or maybe they are, but I'm handling them differently. And, uh, um, and and I find that not only does that benefit me, but everybody around me. You know, taking a step back, and we always talk about that, 
um, but really, when do we do it? And I think floating is, is, is enabling me to do just that, and, and I'm appreciating that. I agree. When I do a lot of floating, very intensive floating, which I think would be useful for me to incorporate more because I usually float between once to three times a week. When I float a lot, all I have to do really is just lie back and start floating, and I start to get insights right away because the layers have already been peeled away. And when there's a person floats that frequently, like you're starting to do, the insights start to come more quickly because like the first few days for you showed that there was a lot of quick, almost frenetic thought. And then you got to this one point where there are some things maybe that could be could be looked at, maybe some things that weren't working as well. Mm -hmm. And for the past few days, as you told me, there's been been more of a sense of peace. And the, the frequent floating and the frequent slowing down is, is really wonderful because then it also starts to carry over into one's everyday life. But I was shocked sometimes during the February and March when I would lie back and all of a sudden just very quickly get a resolution to something mm. that I didn't think I could resolve quickly and I didn't even realize it was a problem. But all of a sudden I'd be like, well, you just need to do that. And I would come out and I would do it, send an email or whatever, and it would be done. And I'm, it's an exciting thing to be able to tap into our own inner wisdom that way. I agree. You know, I find that, um, and you know what's funny? It doesn't always happen when you're floating, right? Like I'm uh, on Friday, you know, sometime during my day, and I'd only floated a few days um, by then, I had a thought, you know, that I needed to address something. And I addressed it in a very different manner than I would have, I think, had I not stepped back. And I got very different results because of that. Positive, by the way, not negative. Um, so I, I really, I, I do, I think it needs to be part of your daily or, or, or regular wellness practice. Um, because, it, you know, someone asked me the other day, um, oh, is it just like meditation? And I said, well, sort of, you know, except that there really is no opportunity for distraction. Right, you're you're in this um, you know tub, you know, and um, in, in darkness and silence, and the only distraction is what's in your head. So you're not having to adjust your position when you're meditating. You're not having to worry about outside noise, phones, people interrupting, or what have you. You really have that committed sixty minutes um, to yourself, and it's so infrequent that we as a society take that. You know, I mean, I, mean, I, I don't think people can get into their car without the radio on. You know, I don't think people can wake up without music. You know, people are constantly filling their heads with sound. And when you don't have sound um, to distract you, and when you don't have an uncomfortable position like meditation, you have to adjust. Um, you really are focused. You know, you don't have a chance to do anything else. You know, and that onion that starts to peel back, it just does it whether you want it to or not. And I think that is, you know, um, that's good health. I sometimes tell people that floating is like meditation without a floor. <laughs> because I've had some people come in to float who are expert meditators. They're even teachers <laughs> of meditation. And they sometimes find it challenging because they expect that it's going to be really easy. And they expect mm. very strongly that it's going to be just like their meditation practice. And I think that floating is actually quite different because there's very little to hold on to in there. Mm -hmm. There's just the water. And what floating challenges people to do is to let go. And in meditation, 
it's wonderful and, and I do it, but we have to sit up, for example. We have to mm -hmm. still put energy into being up and being focused and paying attention to the changes in temperature. Floating's a little different in the sense that it requires us to let go, right? to not hold ourselves up. And if we just let go, it allows certain insights and things to come through because one of the challenges that people have in life is holding on to things. I talk to clients a lot about how we sometimes hold on to an event that happened yesterday, even though it's over and done with. We're holding on to something that happened in the event. We're holding on to a conversation that happened, or maybe it was like 50 years ago, but it was still something from a long time ago. And when we start to let go physically when floating, we begin to let go mentally and that frees up a lot of energy. I, I absolutely agree. I'm thinking about your, your analogy and, and really with meditation, you're also working your muscles, you know, so you're not working anything when you're floating. I mean, literally you are just one with the water and, uh, um, you know, it's really very organic and, and in a lot of ways spiritual because we, you know, that's how we come into the world, you know, and I always find water healing, which is why, you know, I, I've decorated my house to be all shades of blues and greens because I just want to feel tranquil, you know, tranquility in my home. Um, if I can't be right on the water, I want to feel like I'm in the water. <laughs> and you're pretty close to the water here in yeah. Westport. Yeah, but just not quite on the beach. <laughs> For those people listening, Lisa's also an avid boater. She really knows how to how to sail a boat. It's very impressive. We went out with them last year, and it's it's really cool. But tell me a little bit about why did you decide to become the executive director of the Chamber of Commerce? Oh, um, <clears throat> well, I, uh, my career, uh, graduating from college, I was in advertising for a couple of years and then transitioned into uh, um, really sales and marketing in the cosmetic industry. It sort of just happened. You know, you sort of fall into things. And, um, and, and you know, I did that for about 10 or 11 years, working my way up and, and then I uh, saw a change in the in the industry and decided that I wanted to change what I was doing and um, moved to Spain, studied the language, and in between got married and changed my career again and became a stay-at-home mom. And I say change a, a career to be a stay-at-home mom because, um, you know, I feel like people feel, feel that being a mom is not a career, um, but it's probably... It is not probably. It is the most important job that I have ever had, and it's one that you have for the rest of your life. You know, um, so I was. I chose to stay home and and be active in the community. Uh, we moved here to Westport twelve years ago into Connecticut um, sixteen years ago, and uh, we really. Um, I really rather uh, got involved in the schools and you know in the community as far as sports and church and so on. And uh, about uh, probably two or three years ago. Um, I decided that I have two daughters. I decided that I needed to provide other examples of choices for them. Um, they needed to know that the glorious items of the world worked really hard in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and were still working really hard to give women choices. Um, and uh, I wanted them to know that, that the world is their oyster and that they could um, you know, choose to get married or not, choose to have children or not, uh, choose to work if you have children or not, um, do it part-time. And I wanted them to know that whatever their choices are, they're the right ones for them. And it was the right time for me to go back to work full-time. Uh, my children were, were older. They were in, um, 
middle school at the time. And uh, I felt that, uh, you know, being within the community was really where my passion lied. And uh, I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity um, to interview um, with the chamber and, you know, thrilled to have the opportunity to, to be selected. So, you know, what I enjoy most about my job, well, there are several things, uh, but I think the, the thing that really most gets me high is connecting people. You know, it's the negotiating, it's creating opportunities for other people to do business together or create relationships. Um, that is really what I see my role as, is, is, is um, uh, using uh, my knowledge um, of, of people and industry and thinking about solutions. You know, how can one business owner do business with another business owner and grow their business together? Um, or uh, how can, you know, one person get involved in the community that will benefit all of us? Uh, so it's really about connecting. Um, I don't even like the word networking. I think that's very superficial. I think, you know, connecting goes a lot deeper and it, and it, it really um, uh, insinuates you digging a little bit deeper, sort of like floating, you know? It's getting to know the other person, getting to know the person's needs um, and who they are and, um, and then responding to them and, and looking for ways to uh, really uh, make the town a little smaller. And I know we've talked about this because uh, you've been here a little over a year um, and I've been doing this job for a little over a year, about 15, 16 months. And I feel that the town of Westport has become smaller because of all the people that I'm getting to know. Um, and that's a nice feeling. You know, we're almost 27,000 people. And for someone to think, you know, uh, 27,000 people is a small town, you know, they would say, I don't think so. Um, but uh, it really is because you can walk down the street, you can go into a store, and you're almost guaranteed to see somebody that you know. Um, and I like that, you know, I think that gives us the charm and it, it really demonstrates um, who we are as a community. And um, so that's where I have it, how, how it evolved. And, and then, you know, creating different opportunities and, and events. Um, that connect different businesses to the community and and really educating the community about the businesses here in town. You know, I think that's another role that, that we have um, and responsibility at the Chamber so that people recognize the value that business brings to our community. I agree with you that the idea of networking is, is not entirely accurate because it in some ways can dehumanize what the experience is like I certainly do quite a bit of that here, meeting with people, educating people about floating, because when you tell people that you own a flotation center, they, <laughs> they look at you and just wonder what the hell right. you're talking about. <laughs> exactly. So it requires a tremendous amount of education to explain to people over and over again. But what I also enjoy doing is just getting to know people. It's fascinating, <clears throat> all the people that I've been able to know. And I was in Whole Foods, <clears throat> excuse me, the other day, and I met a client of ours and also like someone from our church and I think somebody from the chamber, all just in one. Yeah. Being there for like 10 or 15 minutes, I bumped into all these different people. And that was really exciting. What I wanted to ask you too, because before we started this podcast, Donovan, who's here from the bigger picture and uh, Desk Squad CT or CT Desk Squad, he helps to produce this. So Lisa, Donovan and I were talking about podcasting and how it's a new form of media. Mm -hmm. And Donovan, for example, has the bigger picture and he's only been doing it for several months or so. <clears throat> and so Lisa, was you were talking about reality shows. Mm. And I'm just curious how you see the connection or the difference between 
what you're doing with the chamber and your role here in the community and what your vision is for the community in contrast with this phenomenon of reality shows. I mean, you, you, were, you were, had a certain opinion about reality shows, mm -hmm. and that seems to come into contrast with what you are just talking about in terms of building relationships and so forth. Well, you know, we were talking about the reality shows and, and how I don't subscribe to them. I don't watch them. I, I, I view them as, uh, as a, a mechanism that really puts people down um, and shows them at their worst. There's not a celebration of success. It's always, you know, making fun of uh, somebody's weakness. And um, by contrast, you know, I look for opportunities to celebrate people's successes um, and what people bring to the table. Uh, one of the challenges that we have uh, as a small town um, is having uh, national chains in our town. And the small business opportunities or business owners um, are challenged because of the rents. You know, for no other reason, if everybody was having, you know, a lower rent, then everybody could be there. And, and people will say, you know, what's your, what's your thought on this? And I always come back and say, you know, we need to find a way to bring everybody, you know, or find a seat at the table for everybody. So whether it's a national store chain or an independent business owner, um, you know, we need to be able to work together. And, you know, and that, again, goes back to relationships. You know, one of the things that um, I, I recently went to a, um, a seminar uh, with all the chamber directors in Connecticut, and we were talking about um, really the under 35 and the over 35, and the, the thinking process, the thought process, and uh, um, you know how the under 35 is very focused on social media, and the over 35 is not. And um, and being a newer chamber director, you know, I listened to the conversation, you know, from all these different points of views. And, you know, and then, you know, I, I said, you know, I see the value of social media because it creates an awareness of your business. But at the end of the day, I truly believe business is, is done with relationships. So you can advertise and promote and market and do all of those things on social media. But it's the handshake. It's the getting to know you. It's trusting you that I think is what closes the deal. And I don't think that's changed. You know, and, and I, I said that and, 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 you know, people are kind of taking it back. But I really do believe it's based on relationships. I don't think any good business deal is just done superficially um, on the Internet, social media. I mean, there are certainly big businesses like, you know, you're buying products and, and you know, um, that are cheaper buying online versus going into a store. But when there's a problem with that product, where's the relationship? And um, I often find that you can't even find a phone number to call an Internet company. Everything's online. And, and, and although it's an efficient way of doing business, I don't think you create customer loyalty that way. And, um, and I am a relationship person. Uh, you know, one of the things that I said during my interview process, you know, was when I moved to Westport, I realized I didn't need to leave my borders to get all my shopping and business needs taken care of. I mean, literally from one end of the um, border to the other, you know, we have our doctors, we have our dentists, we have our supermarkets, we have our clothing stores, we have our hardware stores, we have all the things that we need, um, and then some right here in town. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I find it, you know, a great place to do, to do that sort of thing. And I really feel an obligation to support our local businesses for that reason, because, you know, no one's making uh, a fortune, uh, you know, as a small business owner um, here in town. They're making a living. These people are putting their kids through college. You know, they're paying their mortgage. They're paying their taxes. They're living a life. And, um, and I think that needs to be respected and, and considered. Uh, when you make the decision to shop outside of town and or on the internet and think about what is it that you're really buying. 
if it's all about cost, know that you're sacrificing relationship and the possibility if something is wrong that you might not get what you need. It's been interesting for me because before doing this, I was a high school teacher and I taught and was with a lot of people all day, but then I, I would usually just go home and, and do stuff at home and then come back and teach. But here, I often find myself going to these events with the chamber and other things, but it's really fascinating because a lot of people go home and they watch television and they stay home and they're watching these reality TV shows. But what I find is that it's a lot more exciting <laughs> to be experiencing reality with other people in these different events and sure. stuff that are happening here in town. And they're probably happening in every town <laughs> around the country. Of there course. are chambers of commerce everywhere and, and networking groups. And so as a business owner, it's really challenged me to break out of my shell and to reach out and, and cultivate relationships. And it's fascinating. Now when I look at the magazines, like Westport Magazine and stuff, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. Like, he's on the board with me. Or I sat next to this person at this event and so right. forth. So to be, to be out in the community and have reason to be out in the community, which in many ways we all do if we figure out where, where that is for us. But I think that's really exciting. I think it's about engagement, though, too, isn't it? And yeah. and and I I think too that um, go back to floating. You know, people I think use the television as a zoning out. Yeah. No one's engaged. They're they're just watching. They're not participating. And so you know, watching a reality show and and or any other television show. And listen, I do watch some television. Um, I'm glued on Wednesday nights. I love my Modern Family in the middle, and you know, I think they're just fun. It poke at you know family dynamics, and I can relate to it all. And it's just you know good stuff. And laughing is important. Um, but uh, I think people use it as their floating, as their mechanism to just sort of decompress. And uh, you know, we as a family. Uh, really try to avoid getting into that. You know, we look for ways to engage each other, whether it's a board game or, you know, we do watch television together. And I'm not saying that we don't, but it's reading. We're, you know, we try to read a lot um, and, and converse. And, and, and the other thing is having dinner together as a family. Um, you know, but there are so many things that go on in town. And I know sometimes I feel frustrated. I thinking, gosh, I really wanted to do that, but it's competing with this and three other things. And then you have the family dynamics in the schedule that you are, have to have obligations with, right? So you're like, gosh, you know, how can I fit it all in? And I think one of the things that floating helped me with when I started was saying no to all of it. So instead of running from one thing to the next, you pick one. Which one do you really want to participate in? And and then you say, okay, and I'm not going to worry about what I'm missing out on. You know, I can read about it. I might be sorry that I couldn't participate, but I'm so glad that I could be engaged in the one activity that I, you know, decided upon. And I, and I think, you know, that's what I took away from my spring floatings last year is just selecting, you know, and, and it makes life a little easier too. Then you're not feeling so stressed. And I'm doing this with my kids too. You know, they, they have, you know, um, Caroline is a swimmer and she's playing lacrosse. And so oftentimes there are meets and lacrosse games that conflict or might be right back to back. Like, you know, we're going to pick one, you know, which one are we going to do today? And, and it's not because she's going to be an Olympic swimmer or, or play, you know, lacrosse in college. We're not worried about that. It's like, what's going to give you the satisfaction today? And we talk about it in advance and, you know, we have some meets, like, do we want to, do we want to commit to a meet or do you want to go to the lacrosse game? You know, well, I've been doing lacrosse now. I've been going to all these games during the week. I think I want to go to my swim meet. Great. Excellent. You know, we're making choices. And I think 
um, that helps a lot. And then feeling confident that you made the right choice, um, living with that, I think is helpful too. And 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 um, and I think it simplifies life a little bit. And then there's sometimes where you're just home, you know, and you're not doing anything, and that's okay too. Yeah, I think that floating always helps me to slow down and recognize that some of the things that I think are important that I quote unquote have to do mm-hmm. are not actually requirements. They are things that I was telling myself I had to do. But if I slow down and I focus on just a few things or a few activities every week, then I'm going to enjoy them. Mm-hmm. And then people are going to enjoy me yes, because exactly. <laughs> we t- sometimes tell ourselves, oh, they can't tell that I'm stressed out or that I don't want to be here. Everybody can tell if you don't want to be there. It's true. And so that's that's really important to, to figure out and to, to slow down enough to say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to commit to these things. And other times I'm going to go home, I'm going to hang out with the family, I'm going to watch TV, I'm going to slow down and, and, and balance it out. There was something that just popped into my mind, though, talking about relationships, and it's something you mentioned to me a few months ago. There was an election back in November, and I think you had met the one of the people who was running for for Congress, I think, to be down in D.C. Mm-hmm. And you remember what you were telling him about relationships and about moving down to D.C. as opposed to like living up here. I just thought it was really mm-hmm. interesting. I'd love to have you just share a little bit about your idea around that because it was I'd never heard that before. About the... About, the you the, suggested the, that he moved down to Right D. to Washington, D.C. Yeah. Well, you know, politics. Hey, we're going to talk about politics, and I love talking about politics. I'm a registered independent, um, and I feel liberated to be able to choose the people that represent my ideals the best. Unfortunately, I don't think there's really anybody out there that does, but that's a commentary, I think, on, on what we created. Um, but I think, you know, you look back to... Um, you know, the 80s and the 70s, 70s and the 80s, and there was a lot of turmoil, but there was also a lot of, um, of, of uh, comradeship um, amongst uh, the Democrats and the Republicans in Washington, D.C. And that I view, it's just my view, I think was because um, all the families lived in Washington, D.C., you know, or, or Maryland or Virginia, but they all lived there. So if your husband or wife was a congresswoman or a congressman or a senator, um, they lived there. They didn't commute back and forth to their district and to their families and wherever they came from. Um, certainly they went back to their districts to to um, uh, get to know their constituents and, and understand what was their concerns. But their main focus was in Washington, D.C. And, and because of that, there were relationships. Their kids went to school together. The wives and the husbands socialized together. They did Christmas parties. They did Thanksgiving dinners together. Um, and because of that, when you went to work, you weren't looking to kill somebody, you know? And I find the war of words um, are so immobilizing for both Washington and for our country that, that there needs to be a, a step back um, and understanding why. And my perception is, is because nobody lives in Washington anymore. You know, very few people live there full time. They are commuting back to their districts. Their, their families are back where they came from. So there's no continuity. There's no crossover. And I think we as a country are missing out and not requiring families to relocate. Listen, when, when your husband or wife gets a job and it goes across country, you know, you used to have to move. We're still now, you know, businesses are saying you don't have to, and the husband or the wife commutes a lot. So what is that doing for our families, too? You know, I think, you know, I made a commitment um, 
uh, when my uh, when I got married and we started having children, uh, my husband at the time was uh, commuting to the city, and he wouldn't get home until seven thirty um, or eight o'clock. And my girls and I waited for dinner, and we had dinner as a family together uh, when he wasn't traveling. And um, I really believe that is. Uh, a big piece of our strength as a family is because we see each other. I call it the kitchen catch-up. You know, they help me in the kitchen. We prepare meals together, or they're doing their homework while I'm preparing meals. We're talking. Then we're sitting down and we're talking. Um, I just think that's what's missing, you know, period. I think it's missing in people's homes. I think it's missing in Washington. I think that, uh, you know, all this talk about hope and change, you know, was great, but where's the action that follows through? And um, and I, I really think we're missing the fact that at the end of the day, we all have the same needs. You know, I don't care you're blue or red, you're Democrat or Republican or an independent. You know, we all pretty much have the same needs and um, and wants and desires. And I think everybody goes to Washington wanting to work together, but they're not really provided with the tool set. You know, uh, and they're so ingrained in thinking that everybody who they don't know is the enemy. I mean, people don't know each other. You know, that's commented frequently, you know, whether you're listening to radio shows or television shows, news shows, or you're reading it in the paper, that congressmen don't know each other even in their own parties, let alone the opposing party. How can you work with people that way? You know, I mean, you can't get business done without a relationship. And um, and all the, you know, the conversations and all the staging of, of, of these verbal wars is just, you know, really, I think... Uh, representing what's going on in our own country, you know, in the in the home, in the family. And, and I think that we need to really pay attention to that. And I think as a society, we really need to um, consider, you know, whether or not if a congressman is going to Washington, you know, whether their family needs to be there. You know, it's an investment. You know, if you're deciding that this is what you want to do and it's two years, um, you got to make that commitment, you know, and, and I, because it's, we're breaking down. We're not making progress, and we are such an amazing country. Um, I drove cross country. Uh, what was it? Before I got married, so 17 years ago, for three months, and I had lived in Europe for a while. And people kept saying to me, "Have you been to the Grand Canyon? Have you gone to New Mexico? You know, did you see the redwood forest?" And I would say, "No, no, and no." And I'm like, "What's going on with me? Why am I traveling Europe when I should be living traveling?" And every state is like its own country. And the people are so rich and amazing, and the topography is different, and the food is different. I mean, I don't care, you know, what state you're talking about. It's its own little village, and we are so blessed with such resources, um, both natural and in human beings. And I just find that we really need to to make a commitment to relationships, and I think we need to start doing that at home, and we need to bring it to Washington. Somebody on my Facebook list recently put on Facebook that it's very rude, for example, if you're at Starbucks or something, to just not even look at the person who's giving you your coffee. And I think it starts even just with those, mm-hmm. those, those really basic things. Of, when I go to the grocery store, especially uh, we shop a lot at Whole Foods, I talk to the people all the time. And I like to talk to the people all the time. <laughs> yeah. Comment on this or comment on that. And like, I'm starting to get to know the people who work there and what their lifestyle is like and so forth. Because not only do they benefit me, perhaps, but I benefit. I like to be engaged with people. And I think people are cutting themselves off when they don't allow themselves to have a human connection with a person who's just giving them coffee because they forget that it's an actual person on the other side who 
lives somewhere and has family and has challenges and so forth. And I've had some really amazing conversations with people who were giving me tea or coffee, mm -hmm. something that just tended to open up into something that was, that was really powerful. So it starts even with, with those very basic things, but also just opening things up to allow ourselves to see the humanity in the people across the table mm -hmm. from us to take, to take that time to get to know them. So. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think our lives are so much richer because you engage in that conversation. And what's neat is when you do go back to a supermarket um, or a retail outlet and you already initiated that conversation, then there's a, a welcoming smile. And people remember that conversation with you. Um, they may not remember the content, but they remember that you were friendly. And um, that's the beginning of the relationship. And that's a different service that you receive versus someone who's texting. You know, I remember going to a health club uh, that I used to be a member of. And um, for whatever reason, the doors were locked. I must have been there extra early, and along with like four or five other people. And so my immediate thought is talking. And I turned, and everybody was on their BlackBerry or iPhone. And I thought, wow, this is kind of lonely. And I made a comment to everybody. I said, gee, you think that we could at least say good morning to one another? You know, and they all sort of looked at me kind of quizzical. They weren't sure what to make of it. But I just, I agree with you. I think that, um, again, it goes back to everybody being in the fast lane you know, not paying attention. We're, you know, we're so focused on getting to our destination that we're not enjoying the ride. Um, I think, you know, a perfect example of that was um, I was interviewing somebody uh, recently to um, assist us in event planning. And this person said to me, wouldn't it be great if the Westport Weston Chamber of Commerce ran restaurant week? And I looked at her. <laughs> I said, Oh, but we do. <laughs> yeah, we have. We do it twice a year. <laughs> and and I thought I sat back and I thought, okay, we had it publicized and advertised in so many places. You know, between posters and lawn signs and you know ads on Westport Now and ads in the local papers and you know I just and then of course e blasts and, and and the restaurants participating sending out their own e blasts and on the websites. And I thought that to me is indicative as to what the problem is when you could have it everywhere and you still don't see it because we're so focused on the end game of where we have to go that we're not really seeing what else is out there giving us options. And I'm going to go back to floating. And I think that's what it does for me. You know, it gives me options. It gives me the opportunity to actually smell the roses, you know, and um, I know when I go for walks, um, I try to see something different. You know, I, I go a lot of the times in the same route, but I consciously try to notice something different. You know, whether it's a tree in bloom or flowers or, or a house or the paint color of a house or whatever it is, I really try to challenge myself. It doesn't happen all the time, but I do try to challenge myself um, to notice something different because, you know, you have to be engaged. Otherwise, you're missing so much. Yeah, there's so much that's happening that we're not aware of in ourselves mm. and then in other people and in the landscape and so forth. So I, yeah. think, I think that's great. Mm. Yeah, well, well, thank you, Lisa, so much for being here. And thank you, everybody, for, for listening. And thank you to Donovan for producing this for us. So check us out on iTunes or on the iFloat website and uh, Lisa I hope you have a great day today of course you will you oh, floated well. <laughs> I floated I already <laughs> floated this morning and I exercised but thank you what a privilege and a pleasure to um, do this with you look forward to doing it again sometime all right thanks everybody thank you